over the past year and a half or two, we've been learning here in the Bismadrish some of the basic yesidas of the Kaiches and Nefesh. We're learning different pieces from Tzaddikim, from different Svarim, and before that I have been giving for almost two years Shiram, the Indian of Menuchas and Nefesh. And it's become very clear to us over time how in order to achieve Menuchas and Nefesh, we really have to understand what the Nefesh is. And and the Tashgacha Prat is something that something that is very clear to me that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has sent into my personal life and into our lives a Jew who's able to write Svarim that have the most incredible way of opening up the most difficult, difficult Inyanam and laying them out before our eyes in a very beautiful and clear way. And therefore, I was so grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Davka, as we were coming to the crossroads of this entire sugya, which is the sugya of our lives, of who we are, the entire sugya of the nefesh, and of kaychas and nefesh, and to be able to achieve menuchas and nefesh, and to live our lives in the way that each and every one of us is supposed to, each person in her way, in, in his way, in her way, that exactly at the time of the crossroads, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent this particular sefer, this particular sefer, of the, written by the author of Bilvavi Mishkanevna, which is very different from all of his other swarm. Those of you who are familiar with this swarm, we've been learning them very carefully over these past few years. Those who are familiar are familiar with this swarm will notice immediately how different this sefer is. The Mechaber himself, the Mechaber himself discusses this in the Sicha, in the introduction to the to the sefer that we're going to be learning, that we're going to be learning uh, in a, in a minute. Even though the sefer actually consists of two parts, and the chachila, I'm sure that the mechaber wanted us to begin with chelik aleph, otherwise it would be chelik base. So it must be he wanted us to learn chelik aleph, but for reasons that I'm not going to go into right now, and I don't believe it's necessary. We're going to we're going to begin with the second chelik. The first chelik, I personally, you know, I, I, I personally see that the second chelik is what is nachutz for us right now, is what's urgently needed for us now, and is the hemshech of what we've been working on these past few years. You know that the Swaram Hakdashim tell us that that every introduction to a sefer is the neshama of the sefer. That's the place where the mechaber, where the mechaber, where the author, in a few words, is giving himself over in such a way that we understand who is he and what does he want from this sefer and what's he trying to convey to us. What does he want us to? What does he want us to learn from the sefer and how does he want us to grow from the sefer? So, the second chelik begins on page samachay and he writes a psicha. Clolis. He writes an introduction to the second chelik, which is really an independent sefer that could have been printed separately. So he writes a psicha klolis to this. Um, two technical things. Aleph, I'm going to try as much as possible. Sakashbauchu help me to try as much. I'm going to try as much as possible to explain the sefer and to learn the sefer. Whereas in the past and 
in, even in the present, when I learn other svarim or the I'm adding a lot of things that come to my mind as we're learning from the parasha or from the yontiv from that time. Things that are olim alaperik that are nagir that particular time, and as a result of that, things can take much longer. And I understand that it can often disturb or disrupt the natural flow that was intended by the author of the Sefer. In this particular case, because of the nature of the Limud, um, I'm going to try especially hard not to not to introduce outside in Yonim as much uh, as of temptation there is to do that because the entire Torah, everything in the Torah is connected one to the other and that's our whole Simcha learning Torah. But it would be very counterproductive to do this. In the earlier years, all the years, I give Shirim each Shabbos a separate Shir, a different, a different Shir, on something that was negated at that particular parish, that particular time. And then it's sort of left up to each and every one of us to weave these inyanim together. The author here is giving us, basically, is introducing us to ourselves, to ourselves and who we are. And and as we'll see in, in a few minutes in the Sagdama already, without, without having that information, without knowing that, without having the yichaylis, the ability to enter into ourselves, das atzmcha, our avaydas Hashem, and the years that we spend in this world, khalil khalil be with Atala. Also, the shiurim, the the shiurim are given at this time of the year, meaning after Pesach, until until the after until after Yom Nerayim, the shiurim are given on Shabbos, and and that's really when um, that's really when. Uh, I feel it should be given, and it's very Shabbos dick. But in order that you should be able to chazer, to be able to review, I'm I'm going to be as now I'm going to be giving a review a chazara during the week. But the original shear is Shabbos dick, and and of course Shabbos Shabbos itself infuses every single word with with the or of Shabbos. So Hashem is should help that at least on these chazara shear on these tapes, that at least the yisoid of what the Mechabah is conveying to us that Hashem's work should help me to be able to to give that over. So let's so let's begin. page says in Perak, which we're Hashem starting to learn now, we can learn it all the time, but especially these weeks. Chachamim his haru b'devreichem, of course, literally means that the, that the mission is telling us that the chachamim should be careful, be careful with everything that you're saying, be careful with everything that you're teaching. Every teacher has to hear this mission ringing in his ears every minute. Chachamim his haru b'devreichem, be careful with your words. That applies to parents who are teaching their children to all of us. But the Svamakadashim tell us that the word his haru has another and deeper meaning. His haru zahirus. The simple meaning of the word his harus, of course, is to be cautious, to be careful. Miloshan Zahirus. Avagam Loshan Ha'ara Zahar. But it means also to shine. Something is shining. Something is something is illuminating and shining. Miloshan of Zahir. It's now we're holding Mitzvah Shamsun by Lagbaimra the Zayar Kaddish, Zayar Harakia. Zayar means when something is shining. 
So Chachamim, his haru b'derechem means that each and every one of us, when we're teaching Torah to our students, when we're teaching Torah to our children, and to ourselves, it's not enough just to say the words. It's not enough just to give over a concept. But we have to try, each and every one of us, to cause our words to shine, mamish, to change a person's life, to light up a person's derech in this world. Ha'ara and Zaya. When words of Torah are spoken, and when words of Torah are written in a sefer, the author of those words, or the one who is saying those words, has to try as much as possible to see to it that those words be absolutely clear, nihirim, shining brightly. And not like a gachelis amuma, like the like a coal or the ember that is barely, barely shining, that just has in it um, a spark, but it's not on fire, it's not shining, it's not clear. Even though it might be hot, but it doesn't necessarily light up the room. So a person within himself, a teacher, a parent, might be on fire, he might contain a great deal of warmth, and within his own heart and within his own mind, the concept might be very, very clear. However, that's not enough. The Mishnah is coming to say over here, Chachamen, his haru b'devreichem. It's not enough that you yourself be a fiery coal, that you yourself be on fire, and that you yourself contain this warmth. But his haru b'devreichem, your words, should be able to have the ability because of how clear they are and how inspired and real and true they are, they should have the ability to actually illuminate other lives, to inspire and to illuminate and to clarify the path for others, that they should be able to see where they're going in this world. And in such a way, the coals are not only hot, but they're actually the flames are shooting out and create a brilliant, beautiful light in that entire place. With, with the words that are going to be written in this Sefer, He says, I know that there are going to be different ways of, of reading what I'm writing. There are going to be different colors. A goyven means a color. Each person, obviously when each and every one of us learns something, each and every one of us understands it in a different way. So there will be different perspectives of how to understand what's going to be written in this Sefer. And many of you are going to be wondering, especially, I think he's talking to those who, are, who have been learning his other son. Those who haven't, this is obviously all fresh and new, but those who have been learning Yisvam are going to be wondering and probably talking to each other about how different this Sefer is. And there's something mysterious about, about why this Sefer is being written in a certain way. It seems to be missing, it seems, L'chaira, to be missing the very basic ingredient that is the main ingredient of the author's svarm that we've learned until now. 
So therefore, Rav Schwartz is writing here that from the from the beginning, from Hagdama, he's going to try to take away some of the mystery, to take away some, to take off the cover, or to remove some of the mystery that might that might, if not for this introduction, that might confuse us when learning the Sefer, because it's so different from anything else that he's taught until this point. Not only that, but it's very different from, really, from any uh, any Sefer of Machshava or Musa that we've learned in the past, as we'll see. And I'm going to explain from the very beginning the Sherish Hadvaram, the root of what is it that I'm setting out to accomplish. That's why he's saying I'm going to try to fulfill the requirement of Chachamim Hisharu B'Devrechem. Ba'ifim Kloli, Matzinu Shtei Drachem Ba'avaydes Ha'adam. In general, the Mechabe says, In general, there are two Drachem in Ha'avaydes Ha'adam. There are two paths in the avoid of a person in this world. Ha'achas, the one that we're very familiar with, the one that we that we talk about every single day, it's on our minds, and we've been aspiring to. Shabachal dava dava, hadam ayvedes bayray. Thousands of psukim, thousands upon thousands of tires on this one Yisait, on the Yisait of the Chaldrachach HaDa'ayu. This way of Avayda is that in every single thing in life, not only in learning and davening and mitzvahs and chasadim, but in eating and sleeping and drinking and how I conduct myself with the family and at work and so on, with every single thing at the center of it is the Bari Olam, is the Creator. And every single moment of my life is an act must become an act of Avayda Sabayri, of serving the Creator. This is a din in Shulchan Aruch, Kamurim B'Shulchan Aruch. It's actually, at the very beginning of Shulchan Aruch, Shivis Hashem Menegdi Samed is how the Ramah begins, quoting from the Rambam and Mar Nevuchim, of how to live every moment of one's life with a Kodesh Baruch And that's the aside from the first page that we opened up in the first volume of Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, that the tachlis of a person's life is to seek Kirvis Elokim, closeness to God, by every single moment being devoted to Avaidus Hashem. And this is what Shlomo Melech said, In all of your ways, know Hashem. Think of God. Das, of course, as we've learned so many times, means attachment. It means Ischabus, Kesher. That's what Da'as is. So, in all of your ways, know Him. Connect to Him in all of your ways. And that's why we were sent into this world. So that's the derech ha'achas. That's the first derech. It's hard for us to imagine it, what possible other derech could there be. This is, isn't this the only derech? This is the derech. This is the, this is the derech. And how could there be anything besides this? But there is. The haderech ha'shniya. He haderech ha'magalil adam. This is an astonishing sentence. And when I first read this, I was that 
the Mechaber sent the Sefer to me through one of the Chavayim. When I saw this sentence, so my initial reaction was that it pushed me away a little bit. But as I continued to learn, Hashem, I did, I realized that there was something historical that was taking place, that was beginning to unfold for me as, a, as an individual person of what I've been looking for my entire life. And from that moment, I think from the time that I saw the sentence and began to think about it and went to sleep with it that night, something that I was convinced that I have to share with the Chavah, this second derech sounds so odd. Here, derech hamagal adam is atayv hamuchlet shagonis bebriet latayvasay latzarcha. Now, I know it doesn't seem radical when we translate it, but as we go on, and as the mechaber himself explains here in the in the hagdom in the in this introduction to this second part of the sefer, we'll see that really it is something which is very old but very new. The second derech, the second derech. Is that which is Magala La'odim, it reveals to the person, to each and every one of us. What's in it for us? Well, as we've been thinking all along, forget about me. Forget about me. The whole, the whole Yisoyed of what we've been talking about and what we've grown up with in the Svaramakadoshim, which is absolutely true, it's the first Derech really, is Bittl. Bittal means self-nullification. And the tachlis of my avayda is never ever, what does this do for me? I've mocked that and ridiculed that in my own life I've tried, and certainly in discussions that we've had over the years together. What is in it for me? What's in it for me? And that whole way of talking, well, this misfit doesn't do it for me. This seifit doesn't do it for me. This misachta doesn't do it for me. The whole... The, the absurdity of a person who lives that way and thinks that way, which is the v'nahapaychu of Avaydas Hashem, whoever said that this is for you. What do you mean for you? What it does for you? You're an avid. You're, an, you're a servant and serve God in a humble, in a humble and faithful way. So, and that's embellished with a million, million, with a million vertlach and a million tires in a million ways. But all that we've learned is, it's not you. And what the Mechab is saying over here is that there is a derech and a Hashem, which of course is from the swam, which we're going to see. It's just that it, it was never highlighted. And because it was never highlighted, as we'll see, because it hasn't been highlighted in our lives, many of us have had a hard time Serving the Rabbanu Shalom. Many of us, many of us, have had a very difficult time, even dreaming about that first madrega of of bechol drachecha deehu or dveikis darshan. Because this second way is saying, not to think for the moment, not to think right now. Kivyochel, what Hashem gets out of your life, and how your life is bottle mavutal, like, like the Tanya always says, and the Swarm, like a drop in the ocean that loses its own identity and self, that the highest tachlis is to become part of that great, unbelievable ocean of Avodah Hashem. Forget about that for now. There's a second derech, and that second derech begins with 
the little miserable self that's known as I, me, or in your case, you. That is where it begins. And this way is coming and telling each and every one of us, you, 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 as a separate individual person, think about what's good for you. Think about what you need. Think about what is good for you in this world. In this world, not talking about idleness, other than this world. In this world, to think about what's... To, to, what is the toiv hamuchlat, the absolute good, shegonas bebria, that is hidden in all of creation, litoivasai, litoivasa, for you, litzarcho, for your needs, for your purposes. Of course, the ultimate tachlis of all of this is kirvas alakim, devekis basha. But the problem is that all of our lives, all of our lives, the conversations, the shiurim, all began with a kaddish baruch. Eshel Hanach begins with a kaddish baruch. As as Rambam begins with a kaddish baruch. As Mesil Zeshar begins with a kaddish baruch. And, and because of that, from the very, very beginning, many people, when they first hear the words, many people begin to feel, even though they might not express it in words, they begin to feel that this Sefer, or this entire program known as Yiddishkeit, is leaving me behind somewhere. Me. Me. Myself. Who I am as a person. I understand that it's a very great and noble undertaking, but I, I can't I can't join. It's not me. I don't feel that it's me. So Kaomar he says, Hader Harishainihi Shaodam Makavan is called Maisav Lavidas Bayrai. The first derech is that I think with every single thing that I'm doing, with every single thought word and action of my life, how does that give Nachas Ruach to the one who created me? How with this thought, with this word, with this action, am I, am I serving the Creator? And if it's, a, if it's a thought, word, or action that is not in service to the Creator, then it needs to be, it needs to be avoided. That's the first derech. Ka'amu Sha'adam Mekavan is called Maisav Lavoidas Bayre. Obavadai. Shakashir Ha'adam Mekavan is called Maisav Lavoidas Bayre. It certainly is true. If a person, if a person is Mekavan as, is Mekavan as called Maisav, if a person is on such a madrag, and he enters into that way of living, and he thinks, about every thought, word, and action that it should be lavaydus abayre, then certainly bevade shakasha odem akavnus kol ma'isav adus abayre bezaguf masakin who is ma'isav. There's no question that he's going to live a perfected life. He's going to live a beautiful, perfected life because that thought of this that I'm about to think about or say or do to ask oneself is this what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants of me? 
is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Or thinking about or saying, there's no question that Lamaisa, that's going to repair the individual's life. And that's what we've always heard, and that's what we've always learned. The problem, however, as he says, is Ella. The bottom of the page. Shayeshnam Rabim in Evshalaima. There are many, many people in Evshalaima, if we could say, there are many people. Shemistaigim Mikach. The word siyag, as you all know, means a fence, a barrier, a wall. Lhistayeg, mistaigim means that there are many people who who feel a barrier and a wall between themselves and this ultimate tachlis, abachal drachecha de'ehu, or dveikis b'ashem, kirvis elokim, that they feel that they feel distant and removed, mistaigim mikach. They feel far from it. It feels strange to them. And what they say is, it's a very, very admirable, beautiful ideal to live for. There are certainly tzaddikim and kedoshim that we've heard about, that we've read about, even in our families or that we've seen over the years, who live every moment in that world of Kivas Alakim, of the Chaldrachecha Deeyu. But myself, I myself feel that that's something which is completely and totally beyond me. It's simply not me. It's not me. I've tried. I've davened for years and years. I've learned for years and years. I, I went through different Gemaras. I went, I did Tanakh and Mishnais and Gemaras. I learned Mesil Zashar, I learned Chavis Lavavis, I learned Tanya. I did Rav Dessler. I learned all different things I've been trying over the years. And with all of that, I have to say the truth is I never met the Rabbani Shalom. I haven't met him in any kind of a personal and intimate way. And I know it says in the Pasuk, La Yebucha El Zar, Kel Zar, that God shouldn't be, well, it means Kel means a foreign God, but I know that the Rabbani is telling me that he doesn't want to be a foreigner in my life. He wants to be close to me. And I know all the beautiful Pesukim, and sometimes the truth is, sometimes if I'm in a certain mood, those Pesukim will make me cry. And I will have his structures. And, and a, a niggin, a word, a feeling will come over me. But then, but then once the moment passes and I, I return to earth, my feeling is that it's just not me. This is not speaking to me. I can, I can take off every now and then. I could transcend myself and leave myself every now and then. Uh, a ni'ila, even a this I could leave myself. And when I leave myself, when I leave myself, I could be for a moment in Yerushalayim Shamala. I could be in that place. But the trip is usually very short. And when I, when I go to that place, I feel that I'm on a trip. I'm, I'm in a foreign place. I'm, I'm not really... I'm not really in a place that I belong. I was just talking to somebody yesterday who was telling me how her, how her husband wants very much to move to Israel, but in all honesty, that every time that she's there, she's been there many times, she doesn't feel that it's her home. She feels that 
is me, is me, I'm an American girl, I grew up in America and it's a certain way of life, it's a Western culture and there are many, many things that I'm used to and that I'm comfortable with and and I will go to, I will go to Yushalayim, I'll go to the Kaisal, I'll close my eyes and I'll experience that and I'll take that in for a moment but then when my eyes open and I'm walking back through the, through the, you know, through the, uh, through the old city and I go back to, to the hotel or I go back to the place that we're staying I, I'm surrounded in a world where I feel like I'm a total foreigner. It just doesn't talk to me. It doesn't speak to me. I, it's not who I am. It's not who I am. So every time I come back to the stage, she says, "I'm so, I'm so relieved." And this is troubling for my family because the family over there would love for, for us to be with them and to stay there, and yet I can't bring myself to do it because as many times as I've been there, I'm on vacationing. I'm a tourist. So. When a person, when a person, for all of his life, throughout all of the years, hears the words and kivus elokim and closeness and closeness to Kadosh Baruch Hu and so on, I, mean, I, I think it's beautiful. I can be there as a tourist. I can go to that feeling. I can go to that place. I can show my passport and they'll let me in, but. I, I can't stay there. I can't live in that place. When I think of Jews, who are who are every moment are in a way of devakas, I I love them. I respect them. There's anything in the world I wouldn't do for them, except be one of them. I can't be that way. I can't be that way. And to me, it means you're taking away this pleasure that I like and that pleasure that I like. It's very unnatural. I like to go to the gym, and this somehow seems to me. I can't go to the gym. So then the rabbi will say, no, go to the gym, but think of God. I'll tell you the truth. I don't think of God when I go to the gym. It's hard enough for me to think of God when I go to shul. I don't think of God when I'm, I don't think of God when I'm doing sit-ups or push-ups. I don't, I don't. And it's strange to me. The whole thing is strange to me. I could visit Yiddishkeit. I could, and I, and I love it when I'm there. And I enjoy it when I'm there. But I can't be a tzaddik. I can't be that kind of a Jew. I can't be such a person. Why? Because there are two things. There's me, and there's Yiddishkeit. And there's Dveikus Bashem, and there's God. So therefore the Machab is saying, There's a, there's a barrier that, that is there, that separates them from this first derech of is that feeling of it's not me, and even though we're, we, we're uncomfortable articulating it in such an unrefined way, but Lamaisa, what's in it for me? What is it for me? Lachain, therefore, because they're not in that place. They're not in that place of, of Kivis Elokim. They don't feel that. Lachain. Yeishna Derech Makbila. There is a parallel path. There is another path. The truth is, they're very much connected to Mashiach, Bedov, Mashiach, and Yosef, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. The Yishna Dorch Magbila, Sheena Mashiach is Miyad. The Tchilas Avoidus Adam is Kol Maisev Lavoidus Kainai. There is another path. The, the other path, of course, 
ultimately leads to the same destination. That's not, not, not a question. We're all heading to Yerushalayim. We're all heading to the Beis HaMikdash. And we're, we're all heading that... And it, when all of us, when each and every one of us says, Mashiach will come, and Mitzshem, and Mehebiyam, and Amen, and Yerushalayim, Beis HaMikdash, it all means that we're heading towards the Kaddish Baruch. What does it mean, Beis HaMikdash? What does it mean, Yerushalayim? It means the Kaddish Baruch. So we're all heading to the same place. And Kala Naharis Halchasalayam and all rivers return to the sea. And that's where we're all going to. We're all going to Akadish Baruch. We're all going ultimately to that place of Bhaljacha. The Ayu of Das Hashem and Dvaikas Basham. We're all going there. However, this path doesn't begin with doesn't begin with focusing in any way on the ultimate destination of getting to that place. It looms in the distance. We know about it, but we don't focus or concentrate on it right now. Ella, Marlai Ketzad Bainim Adam Taif. The second path, the one which really we need to begin with. And this let this be the beginning. At least for many of us this will be the beginning. The second path begins with the person himself. And the question that this way asks is, Ketzad Bainim Adam Taiv. How can we build, how can we build, construct an Adam Taiv? Not right now, a person of the Vegas Basham, a person who's close to God, but an Adam Taiv for you. For you, an Adam type, a good dimension. Adam Mesukan, a person whose life, a person whose life is Mesukan, is correct, is is good, is being led in the right way. Adam Neus, b'soich ha-metzias shal ha'olam hazeh, in the metzias, in the metzias of this world, not only in the metzias of this world, in my metzias. My Mitzias. My name is Chaim Moshe Ben Peru. And your and your and your Mitzias of who you are, of Moshe Ben of Moshe Ben Sarah and Rivka and Rivka Bas Rachel. In your Mitzias, in my Mitzias, in this world, Besaycha Mitzias Shulam Hazah. Besaycha Mitzias Shulam Hazah. In the Mitzias of this world, in my Mitzias, to build my Mitzias up and to show me. And to show me for the first time in my life who I am and how my mitzis, my mitzis in Olam Hazah is so beautiful, is so beautiful, is so important for me in my mitzis of who I am. Because until that time, until that time that we could understand who am I in my Mitzvahs and Eilam Hazah, me, my Kaiches and Nefesh, me as Chaim Ayesha Ben Peril, until I could understand that, that, that first way of serving Hashem, Avaitis Hashem, it's not really serving God. It's not really serving God because who is the I that's serving Him? Who is the I that's serving Him? Last week in the Chabura, in the in the Eris Hatshuva Chabur, we we learn that piece, we learn that piece from the Eris, from the Eris of Rav Kook. and 
and remember that that the tzaddik there was began the piece with the with the words of the Navi Yechezkel Vani b'saych hagayla, and I am in the Golas, I am in exile. And he writes there in the Isa Kaidish Hani Hapnimi Haatsmi. The Ani itself, the I of who I am, the inner I that defines who I am and why God put me in this world, me. Hani Hapnimi Haatsmi that is Ainumizgala Besaychius. It's not revealed in my life. And what happens as a result of that? As a result of that, ultimately, Rav Cook writes at the end of that Torah. Ultimately, he says, "Vahani Hoylech Umishtakeh, the I of who I am, is Hoylech Umishtakeh becomes forgotten, and that's what we feel when we hear all the Torahs and all the speeches encouraging, encouraging us to." which is of course true but a person can go and can and can adapt something that he reads in his sefer and he sees something he, he just learned in Mesil Sham and he learned about Nakias or he learned about Tahari he learned about Kedusha whatever he learned about Zrizas and now that he learned about Zrizas about how to serve Hashem with enthusiasm with excitement and to be quick and to be ambitious and all of his Avadis Hashem he just was inspired by what he read, by what he read in Mesil Sham and he heard a Gavaldi Gishir he listened to it the tape and now he's going to go and he's going to be a Zaris. But at the end of the day, that's also, he's only there on a tourist visa, because at the end of the day, that person who's being Zoris is not, he doesn't feel that it's him. He can imitate the Zoris that Ramchal's talking about, but if it doesn't speak to him, if he doesn't know who he is, that's what Hook is saying. That I could, I could imitate the way of the Ramchal, and I've been doing it for 15 years. But then I look back at myself, I see that I'm the same dumb kid that I was in high school. I haven't changed. And all I've done is I've taken the Ramchal's idea of Zerizis, and I've superimposed it upon the same senior from high school that really, really wants to go to a prom, and really just wants to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and to go, you know, uh, to, 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 to go to the, to the ball game. And so I think I'm done. And we find ourselves being schlepped back time after time into that old world. And not only that, but we feel at some point it dawns upon me that all of these things that I've adapted to in my life, which are holy and beautiful things, I'm trying to live the good way, and it's gewaldic. And there's no question that we get points for every single thought, word, and action that's holy. That's for sure true. And the Barishon gives us points. But I realize that this Jesus that Ramchal is talking about is not talking to me. It's not who I am. And who am I? I'm not sure, but one thing I know is Hani Holeich Who I am is slipping away from me. I can that I could feel many times that when I hear an old song, some some I'm sorry to say, a guy's a song that I that I listened to when I was a kid, that that somehow is, brings upon me a feeling, oh, does this does that's who I really am. Not this reason of the Ramchal. Not the cheshman and nefesh of the of the of Rabbi Nachman the Chavis Who am I really? Who am I really? I'm some dumb song from the sixties, and that and that some that some manuvel that some mushkus wrote while while he was while while he was on on fourteen different medications and so on. And he wrote and I hear that in the street and I suddenly feel, oh, that's talking to me. That's really who I am. And that can't be chasus shalom. 
the problem is that as Rav Kook writes over here, if the minds and if the hearts are being filled with things that that, that intuitively I don't feel as being me, what happens? The kaven she'ena ni ain hu, the kal v'chaim she'ena ata. Kaven she'ena ni, kaven she'ena ni ain hu. The kal v'chaim, the kal v'chaim she'ena ata. The kal v'chaim she'ena ata. What that means? That unbelievable sentence that we were talking about the other day. If there's no ani, if there's no me, if there's no me, then there can't be any him. God exists. God is everything. That first derech is, is of, of what? The B'chodrech HaDa'ayu means. To serve God means because it's all Him. And the whole world is bottom over till. There's nothing. There's only God. But the problem is, He might exist. He might be everything. But I, I myself don't know who I am. I'm nothing. So, if I don't, if I don't have myself, then ain't who? Then ain't who? Then, then, he might exist in the in the sefer that I'm reading, and he might exist in the mind and the heart of that tzaddik that I'm standing next to in shul. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't feel a connection to him. I don't feel a connection to him. Now I'm imitating that tzaddik that's next to me in shul. So I'm saying the words, and I'm doing the mitzvahs. I'm doing all the right things. I'm following the prescription exactly what I've been told to do. I'm a good boy. I'm trying to be a good a good person, a good yid, an elachid. I'm doing all that I'm supposed to do. But the problem is that the problem is I don't I don't know that this is me. So I'm certainly I'm certainly getting points if I put on tune. I get tune points. If I, when I put on my tzitzis, I get tzitzis points. When I keep Shabbos, I got Shabbos, Parshas, Emmer, Parshas, Parshas. I got points for that Shabbos. I got Parsha points. I got points. But am I any different than a little child that, that is playing some sort of a game to encourage me to somehow get to the truth which I haven't gotten to because I don't know who I am. And therefore, the mitzvahs that I'm doing, it could be somebody else's mitzvahs. My zrizas? It's not my zrizas. What's haste? My zrizas. My? Me? That's the nigga from 1967. As far as zrizas is concerned, it's something artificial that I superimposed to myself because the Ramchal said it's a good thing so I want to be a good Jew and I want to get to Elam Haba so I compared this the other day to a Moshe Lamad of a Doimer to what can this be compared anyone one of us is likely to have children and anyone who maybe remembers being children you go to the, when you go to these uh, amusement parks or you go to the um, arcades so you know one of the big things that the kids the kids get sugar about over there when they go to the arcades is there's a very exciting thing when you see those tickets coming out of that little machine. When the little, when those tickets come out, and sometimes they come a lot at a time. And and I know that when you go to the kids, when you go with the kids to these things, so they, they try to run after those things where the tickets come easy. You know, there are certain games where it's not even any fun, but they come out a lot of tickets. And the kids go mashiga, pulling them and tearing them off. And, if, and, then, and then at the end, you know what happens. And, as a, and now as adults, we feel the Rechmanus. I think the kids, at some point, this might be the beginning of their cynicism. This could have been the beginning of the downfall, is when you run to the counter with thousands of tickets, and the mom is filling both pockets, and your parents are holding it. You come with a wheelbarrow of tickets, and we get up to that counter, so, so uh, uh, and you, you think that you're going to buy one of those, you're going to exchange those tickets for, for some big uh, some big tape recorder, or, or some, uh, you know, trip that they have on a picture that you're going to be going to, you're going to be going to Bermuda or something, or you're going to be able to buy, you know, uh, uh, any to- these big toys to- with these tickets. And the truth of the matter is, 
you take in a whole barrel of tickets. It used to be they counted them. Now they put them on a scale. And it's very much of a marshal of what of Khalilah, of what could be in the next world. That a person runs around doing this mitzvah, this mitzvah, this mitzvah, and he's and not that a mitzvah is a game. A mitzvah is a very serious thing. But the marshal is that the kid comes at the end and he's got 4,000 tickets and then the guy behind the counter... Uh, uh, the guy behind the counter points to what he can get with those tickets, and it comes out to being, you know, uh, to, to being a, a, a little silly chachka that's not worth that's not worth 15 cents now that the parents have already spent, you know, thousands of dollars getting thousands of tickets, and the chachka itself is not even worth it's not even worth a, a dime. <clears throat> and for the child, the child, if we see the child running away so excited over that over that little over that little chachka that he got, about the little toy whistle that he got, so each of the, the, the fathers and mothers look at each other and they smile sadly. No, but, uh, that he was so excited and look what they gave him. They gave him what they gave him. They gave him for this. He exchanged the tickets for what for toy whistle, for nothing. It's nothing. But in his mind, in the child's mind, it's a He worked hard. He made the ball go into the holes and he did this and he did that. And he bopped the thing and he hit the thing and he got points. But the mice, it's not him. It's somebody. It's but what happened is me. The, the points, the points that he got, he exchanges all these points and what did he get for it? So what? Khalil of a person comes after living in this world for 120 years. For 120 years. And the person is doing this, and he's doing that, he's doing this, and he's coming, he feels that he's going to come with this basket, he's going to come to the Olam Ha'amus Givalt, he's going to have Mamish, he's got thousands of things he's collected over the years. But it could be that it's, it's Bechlau. All of the thousands of things, do they add up to that ultimate closeness to God? Do they add up to that? He figures they're going to put him now, Mamish, next to Moshe, and next to Avinu, who's going to sit by Heichel of Mashiach. He's going to be in the highest place because he's got so much stuff. He put on film. He kept the Ramchal's this. He did the, he did the, he did this with the Tanya. He says he did that. He kept all of these things, but Lamaisa, Lamaisa, it could be that Chas Shalom. There's a lot of stuff, but does that lot of stuff actually add up to anything? Add up to the tachlis of kevis elokin. When the person is collecting mitzvahs, but there's somebody else's mitzvahs, not really his mitzvah. But Rav Kook is saying, "Im ein ani, ein ein hu, v'kavuchaim of ein ata." What does it mean if I don't know who I am when I say the word? When I say the words, "Boch." Ata Hashem. I am benching. I am giving a bracha kiviyachot Hashem. Forget about with Hashem. When a person says, when a person says the most popular three words in Western culture, Western civilization, he says the three words: "I love you." I love you. It's a gevaldig thing. I love you. Can you imagine what would happen if? If here the, the, the guy and the girl are sitting here, it's the most romantic moment of his life. He's just discovered this new Indian of Azach and the Keva. And he says, and he says, I love you. And let's say she's more of the analytical type. And she asks him, when you say those words, you know, so in, 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 instead of her just going along and saying, oh, I love you. When, when you say to her, I love you, she says, can we, can we discuss that for a moment? I'd like to understand what do you mean when you say that. So he explains, what do I mean when I say I love you? What's the matter? You know, you never saw, you never saw uh, Gone with the Wind or something? I love you, Ms. <laughs> Ms. Me, this is my name. I love you. So she'll, she, if she's the analytical type, she would say, Kaidem Cole. I don't even know how you can say anything about me since we just met an hour ago. That's the first thing. What does it mean, you? When you're telling me you, you don't know. But even if, even if somehow you prepared for this date by studying about me and preparing, and you spoke to people about me, 
But my kasha, my question to you is, when you say the word, I love you, what does that word, I, mean? She's saying, I love you. If it, what Rav Kook is saying, im ein ani, im ein ani, then there's no who, and there's no kavachem, and there's no ata. When you say those words, I love you, but you don't know bichlal who you are, I, because you've never ever met yourself in your whole life. You've never met yourself. You've never met your real self. You've never, under, uh, you've never uncovered the toiv ha-muchot ha-gonas, the hidden toiv of be'emes, be'emes, of who you are and what defines you. So how could you bichlal say to another person, let alone to the Creator? The other person, at least, is sitting across from you in the restaurant, or she's sitting across from you in the car. But the Baruch you can't see with your eyes. So what does it mean when you say, I love you, I care for you? What does it mean, I, and what does it mean, you? But, if, but you is a different passion, who God is, who that, who that girl is, love. That, that's, but I, what does it mean? I want this, who's the I? I love you, I hate you, to say such a thing. I feel this, I am this and I am that. The male we understand. Then when, it comes, when it comes to the nisyanis of life, when it comes to the tests and the challenges of life, which we understand, Ramchal says at the beginning that all of life is a test, all of life is a mulcham, is a challenge. So why is it that after all of those years of following the Ramchal's prescription, let's say, or the Chavaz Chaim's prescription, each tzaddik has different unbelievable things, prescriptions for us of how to live. So after all the years of following prescriptions, when it comes down to Lamaisa, there's an Nisayim, there's a test, and in a moment, all that I've built up over the years collapses into, uh, and turns into ashes. How did that happen? What happened to me? I don't understand. Here for years, I'm following these guidelines, and I've been living such a good life. I've been so much better than I was when I was a, when I was a teenager, when I was a young person. Everything is gewaldig. And when it came to Nisayan, it collapsed. Why is that? How did that happen? So many times in the show I mentioned the famous thing that happened. The famous thing that happened with the with the um, with the Rambam. With the Rambam, it's brought down in the Swarm that the Rambam knew. Yeah, the Rambam had a very big machloikis uh, with the Muslim philosophers where he was there in uh, in Spain. He had a big machloikis. The Muslims, it's a it's a whole tirade that they had on this Indian. But the Muslims believed they felt that. Essentially, there is no there is no difference between an animal and a human being. Well, I said we could see this is we could see this every single day in the newspapers. How, as far as they're concerned, there is no difference between, except maybe animals are more civilized. But there is no difference between an animal and a human being. And therefore, I can the same way that I can teach a human being to be civilized. I could train a kid who's who's a wild animal. I could train him to act like a mensch. So I could train an animal. I could train an animal also. I mean, with certain limitations, but I could train an animal to to act like a match. And we just don't know enough yet about how to train animals. But as we learn more and more, we'll be able to train. We could train children to be to be to be adults. We could train to act like adults. We could train animals to act like human beings. And of course, the Rambam, in all of Yiddishkeit, is violently opposed to any of this. And the Rabbi Rosh Hashanah Prokim's introduction to the Pekiyah is on this side of what a person, uh, that a person is always a person, even though he shares certain kaychas with animals, but he, but everything about a person is human. So the Rabbi had this machlaikas, and and 
uh, as many of you remember, the, the, what happened was that the, the, there was a, some sort of a gathering, a convention that the Rambam had to come to, where there were going to be these these big philosophers together with the Rambam, and they had this, uh, they had they had planned to show the Rambam up, and they spent some time training training cats to be able to walk in on their hind legs, serving whatever some drinks or something coming in on their hind legs. And how the Rambam knew about this? The Rambam, which is Ruach HaKadosh, however, how he knew. The Rambam anticipated this, and he came prepared, carrying in his pocket a little mouse. So here the cats came walking out with the drinks, and the Goyim looked at each other, aha, now we finally upstaged the famous rabbi and, and the, the, the famous doctor, Dr. Maimonides, Dr. Rambam, and we've proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that it's just a matter of training that separates between a human being and an animal. But the, the, you see here that a cat is able to walk, and just like a mensch, just like before. Now the Rambam took the mouse out of his pocket and threw it onto the table, and the cat of went screaming and turned over the whole table, knocked over everything. In other words, it turns out that the cat was taking a cat. The cat was taking a cat. That's what any sign does to us. You could imitate the Ramchal, you could imitate the Chavetz Chaim, and that's great. And you could imitate the Chsam and you could imitate the Baal Shem Tev, but when the cat, when the mouse is out of the pocket, that's an Yisoyen. When the mouse is out of the pocket, when it's an Yisoyen, when there's something there that just reaches into your kishkas of who you really are, then you just revert back to being the cat. You revert back to yourself. And if our Yiddishkeit is a Yiddishkeit that leaves the self behind, then an ein ani, ein hu, v'kal ein ata. Therefore, the purpose of this Sefer is In my world, who I am, in the Metzius of this world And when I build my Metzius, who I am, then, then I could say, I love you to God. Then I could say, I am serving you. I am, of course we learn all this from, and we try to see which things from the from the Swam are talking to me, and I could use in my life, that bring out who I am. Not to impersonate, not to imitate being a Jew, but to be the Emes Iyid, I, and to serve the Baruch as I can. Page Samach Vav. Therefore, I want to tell you right now from the beginning, I want to take away the mystery from the Sefer. This Sefer is using the Derech HaShniyah. We're going back to Aleph. The Derech HaShniyah. The Loi HaRishayinah. HaKav HaKloli B'Sefer Zeh Eino Laha Minis Avedis Abarik Emerkaz. The general Mahalach of this Sefer is not to put Avedis Hashem at the center of our lives. Not that it isn't. Of course it isn't. All those others from we continue to learn. And we continue to try as much as possible, <clears throat> as much as possible, to, to do those things that will bring us closer to Him. But we must, we must go back to Aleph. How could I build myself? As a mensch, as a person. Not as a cat that's impersonating a person. Not as a cat that's impersonating, but as a person of the Amis. 
Since the emphasis of the Sefer for now, of course, is not on Avedis Habayrei. Lachain, therefore, Hadvarin Yeomru Biyachas Ikari shall have Shotas Oilamachaimer, have Shotas Hara, Shekayim Baodam, the Gilui Hatayv Haruchni Eloki, Shekayim Ibriya. Therefore, the focus of this now, what we're going to learn, is how am I able to strip away from myself all that is not myself, all that is ra, all that is wrong, all that is not me, all the catness that surrounds me, each person, whatever that cat has, whatever he's, whatever that's become in his life, how do I peel away that catness? How do I peel away what's not me? In order to uncover, to be megala, to uncover the the good, the loki that's inside us, the lokus that's there. That's not something far from me. There's nothing as close to me as the Bani Shalom. I feel that he's a million light years away because it's not me. But when I, when I get to myself, I'll discover that the Bani Shalom is sitting there right next to me. He's with me. He's inside of me. There's nothing on earth that's closer to me than the Bari Olam. All this, all these feelings that I have, that I, I have to cross over oceans and and, and heaven and, and the universe to get to God, which which caused me to turn back from the journey and say, forget it. I can't do it. He's too far. He's too far. He's not far at all. He's grow. He's in there from the beginning. He's growing up with us together. He's every single second of our lives. He's he's with me and he's with you. He's inside Mamish. Mamish. We're not far from him, we're far from ourselves. And the moment that we find ourselves, the moment, like we learned in the Ayur the moment we discover, we uncover the Neshama, that means that we're now in the place of Nishmas Kol HaNeshamas, of the soul of all souls. Because the door that opens after that door of the self, is that, is that inside that room is Nishmas Kol HaNeshamas, is Nishmas Kol Chai, is the living soul of all creation, and that's the Bari Olam. But if I'm drank my whole life in the carnival, by the arcade, collecting somebody else's tickets, or even if I think they're my tickets, but they tra- and I trade them and I discover this is not, not worth anything, because it wasn't mine. So then, God is someplace far away, far, far, far away, and I can't do it, it's too hard for me, I can't change my life like that, I can't be that kind of person, it's not me. The focus here is not going to be like the avoid of a servant before the king. We're coming here with a different, in a different way, a different perspective. How can I worry? How do I take care of myself? Even though that those words cause us to cringe, because everything we've learned says, "Stop thinking about yourself so much. Stop worrying about yourself." And here I'm telling you, let's worry about ourselves. We have to go forward. In order to build my world, to remove those peels of the cat that are around me, those peels that surround me. In order to be able to reveal, to uncover that toiv, which is a lakus, which is close to me, which is sitting mamish inside of me, all of these years as I've been running around collecting somebody else's tickets. The Bani Shalom should help us, each and every one of us, 
not only to talk about this, but to live a life of a tahali bainula of the chabemis, that we should be able to purify our hearts, our hearts to serve Hashem's Baruch Be'emis, that our Avedis Hashem should be Be'emis Be'emis. <clears throat> we should be zaychet through that for the emes la'amita of what the Baruch Shalom created us for, which is kivas alakim and ultimately the gula shavamita. Shem hemi amen amen amen.